Bottom line, this is a, a data collection platform that masquerades as cute little videos. It's extremely problematic because of that parent company, ByteDance, headquartered in Beijing, subject to the People's Republic of China's laws and policies. If the Chinese Communist Party comes knocking to ByteDance, ByteDance has got to give up the goods. And the goods, TikTok data, American user data. Welcome back to the Kevin Roberts Show. We are here with a very special guest, someone that I get the pleasure of working with every day, so a heritage colleague. And I would like to think that every one of these episodes is timely because of the guests we have and the work that they're doing, whether they're at Heritage or not. But this is an episode whose content is so timely that we've actually bumped some other episodes we were planning to release. And so with that really big buildup, Kara Frederick. Director of our Center for Tech Policy. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, sir. I suspect a lot of people who watch or listen to this show know you, or at least know about your work, because they can see you on Fox News. They have seen you on all kinds of uh, news outlets. And your work here at Heritage is really important. That's a way of saying you're extremely busy. So thanks for making time. Of course. And you would say, Kevin, you're the president of the Heritage Foundation. I have to be here. <laughs> That's not actually how we like to operate. So I'm really grateful. But all of that to say, because we, we honestly have limited time for this episode, given all of the events that surround your domain, which is, pardon the pun, unintended. <laughs> I like it. Tech policy. You didn't know I had that ability, did no, you? sophisticated yeah. one. Oh, I might impressive. get good at this one day. <laughs> all that to say, we're sitting here in the nation's capital, the imperial city, as I like to call it. But we've got some friends in Congress who are ready to take some action on big tech. Tell us what's going on. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this I'm Thursday. Ready. All right. All right. I don't know if you are. <laughs> no, this Thursday, for the first time, the TikTok CEO will be testifying in front of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. So this is, uh, I mean, we testified, uh, a heritage colleague, uh, or a former heritage colleague testified in November of 2019 uh, in front of Senator Hawley, the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee. I was sitting next to him, and next to us was an empty chair of meant for a TikTok representative. So TikTok has not appeared, their CEO at least, has not appeared in front of Congress in this way. So everybody's excited. TikTok itself is excited. They're flying in, busing in influencers to sit behind him and say, oh, we're going to have, you know, impacts on our lives. We're not going to be able to put food on the table if you ban TikTok. But we can get to that later. Uh, I think the the thing to, to talk about now is the fact that, you know, TikTok may eventually be held accountable for some of their um, noxious data collection practices. Uh, frankly, their relationship via their parent company, ByteDance, to the CCP uh, for really propagating and supercharging these social contagions, this filth on their platform for um, uh, accessing American user data in China and on and on and on. So he's going to sit down uh, in front of uh, uh, the chair, Kathy McMorris Rogers, who's been a warrior on Big Tech as well, and he's going to hopefully face the music, especially from House Republicans, as they look for answers, really, to, frankly, how much does the CCP um, influence the platform via ByteDance? How much play does China get in uh, what, you know, the algorithm pushes out, what content Americans see, et cetera, et cetera. So, big day on Thursday. They're going to have a TikTok uh, presser uh, about you know, the whining influencers of, you know, what happens if we get a ban. And we, the Heritage Foundation, are going to have a, a counter presser where we're going to actually have the creator of Libs of TikTok, uh, Haya Rachik, come and, 
and talk about what she's seen on this platform. Uh, we're going to have real moms like myself who see, uh, looking especially down the road, what these social media platforms do to our children um, before, like we've talked about before, the proper formation of their consciences, how they're deliberately targeting younger and younger audiences like preteens, which, uh, like Facebook says, is a valuable but untapped audience. TikTok is the king of conquering the next generation, and it's time for them to be held to account. Hopefully Thursday we'll get some answers. Well, it sounds like there's some real progress, and I'll ask you momentarily about what people can expect to come out of this. But I'm going to ask what might be like the middle-aged bald man's question. Many people in the audience will not need the answer to this question. But we do have a lot of people who watch or listen to this show who are, say, my age and older, who know that something called TikTok exists, but it's not a middle-aged bald man question. It's actually a question that my own dear wife has asked. You know her. And she would say, Kevin, what is TikTok? Pardon me, but... You know, we're in the education business. Tell people who know that it's there, their kids or grandkids have it. Hopefully they don't. They, and they need to get rid of it. But this is a softball for you, too. Why should we care about TikTok? Yep. So I would prefer that no one knows what TikTok is. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> but that is the goal. So your wife, again, is doing great things. But I think if you, know, if you don't know what it is, then your granddaughter does. Then your daughter does. Then your uh, niece or nephew does. A 100% and chance they know. 100% chance. Now new figures have come out. Almost half of America is on TikTok, which TikTok itself is saying. Um, in advance of this hearing to sort of say, you're going to ban what half of America enjoys. But bottom line, TikTok... TikTok is an app which grew out of Musical.ly, which was uh, another um, app that basically took over for, um, say, Vine. So really quick uh, 14-ish second videos. And what they originally did, especially with Musical.ly, is they set them to um, set lyrics and whatnot to music and had people mouth the lyrics and just do cute little videos. Um, That eventually grew into TikTok when uh, they bought it. ByteDance um, is a Chinese-based company. So... ByteDance owns TikTok, uh, the parent company of TikTok, kind of like Alphabet to Google, if that analogy makes sense. And what kids can do is they can basically look at really short form videos. And the interesting thing about this that's different from from Facebook, which is most of your audience probably knows. Um, which is I think that's true. There you go. <laughs> um, is that uh, the algorithm is not based on your network or your friends, but it's based on how you engage with the content. So when people talk about what What's distinct about TikTok, uh, it feeds you videos that are almost perfectly tailored to your interests based on how long you watch a video. Are you, you know, scrolling really quickly? Are, are you interested in it? If they tell TikTok tells their advertisers that they can actually um, do some sort of emotion detection. We don't think that it's as sophisticated as they're peddling right now. We hope it's not. Uh, but bottom line, this is a, a data collection platform that masquerades as cute little videos where children are frankly they're getting a lot of their news from this platform and that's extremely problematic like you asked it's extremely problematic because of that parent company ByteDance headquartered in Beijing subject to the People's Republic of China's laws and policies Uh, the primary one in, in my estimation is the 2017 national intelligence law which compels private companies to work for the state so it compels them to engage in state intelligence work translated as if the Chinese Communist Party comes knocking to ByteDance, ByteDance has got to give up the goods. And the goods, TikTok data, American user data. 
Thanks for that explanation. I think we'll, uh, audience will find it really helpful. It, it, it leads me to another question before we get back to the hearing, if you don't mind. And it is, you, you haven't even gotten into some of the troubling content on TikTok. You have been, along with many of our colleagues and a growing number of people in the conservative movement, eloquent, thank goodness, about the, the terrible effects on young people, especially young women. I think this is a good opportunity in case someone is just learning a little more detail about TikTok for you to spell that out for them too. Yeah, so 67% of American teenagers use this platform. 16%, and this is all according to Pew Research, 16% claim that they're on it almost constantly. So what is in front of their faces matters when they've got their faces in their phones constantly by their own uh, admission. Uh, now you look at preteens, uh, another pupil, and this is all the way back in 2020, uh, parents surveyed said that 30% of their children, their preteens, 9 to 11-year-olds, use TikTok. So that's just the user base, okay? So we'll set that aside. Now the content, what they're seeing. We've seen a lot of, uh, frankly, journalists doing a lot of detective work, a lot of bootstrapping experiments because TikTok is not giving us this information. I mean, why would they? And they found when they register as 13-year-olds or 14-year-olds, they're fed self-harm videos, suicidal content, eating disorder content within minutes. And this is across the board. Wall Street Journal did an investigation on the eating disorder side. The New York Post is actively creating accounts and registering as young users to do these experiments. Daily Mail also has UK journalists on the case. And even in the UK, uh, British, uh, they, they have three to four-year-olds are now viewing TikTok co content as well. So um, again, that self-harm, that eating disorder, that suicidal content. We know from Facebook internal research that was linked, uh, that was leaked to the Wall Street Journal in 2021 that one in three women who used Instagram when they had, you know, maybe some body image issues, it made them feel worse. American teenagers, 6% of them, if they had suicidal thoughts, directly traced them to Instagram. And that was higher for um, uh, women in the United Kingdom as well, teenagers, in fact. So... You know, you're you're immediately registering as as a young person on these platforms, and you're again within minutes getting fed content. You maybe have some depressive depressive thoughts and, and whatnot. There you go, self harm. There you go, suicidal content. Um, NPR uh, via excuse me, the Wall Street Journal did a interview, and they basically said that all of this content, um, and this is of young girls who had been on TikTok, lived on TikTok, and they're saying it is an on slot they mm -hmm. you can't contend with this content and it's so good because of the algorithm and the unique features of the algorithm which we have some reports that says um china is is pretty involved in the source code yeah it'd be bad enough if china weren't involved but the fact <laughs> that china is at least so involved yes it makes it that much worse and and so can the, the everyday american who's concerned about this problem as you've laid it out have some confidence that the, the TikTok CEO is going to get some tough questions. I think they can have confidence that he'll get tough questions, whether or not he'll answer them. I think we've seen um, the equivocation is endless when it comes to TikTok executives. Um, they try to muddy the waters. They try to, and this was actually leaked in their master messaging document, their PR strategy, last updated in 2021, leaked to Gizmodo, a tech outlet. They try to um, disengage from the, the China relationship. They try to downplay is what is um, the words used in the document. Downplay China, 
downplay ByteDance, downplay artificial intelligence, which is, I mean, this to me is the, the key to everything. And we can talk about, I know we only have a, a short period of time, but the fact that we have this technology, artificial intelligence, to recognize patterns, to parse through big data sets, I think that's the big problem. Um, we can, you know, talk all day about the, the noxious content on these platforms, but when China can actually have uh, a mapping the patterns of life and the networks of Americans, especially these young children, then you have an, a hard security problem as well, as well as the cognitive one that we've talked about in terms of uh, potential influence operations um, and and the poison, frankly, they're feeding through this portal. Yeah, and it will, I guess we'll just have you back on many topics over the years, but maybe the next one on artificial intelligence, because I just came out of a, a lunch where we, we really focused on the limitations of the conservative movement when it comes to thinking through policy around artificial intelligence. I know that you and and your colleagues, our colleagues here at Heritage have been working on this and thinking about it, but it seems as if it's it's very good news that this hearing with TikTok is happening. We'll, We'll talk a little bit more about that before we wrap, but just to sort of look forward, one of the reasons it's important to, to get a few licks on this guy, figuratively, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is so that conservatives, policymakers, people outside capital, the capital like yourself, can can really be in the driver's seat when it comes to this policy arena, artificial intelligence, which ought to scare the daylights out of Americans when it comes to our daily domestic lives, as well as the ability, to your point, of this adversary, this enemy, frankly, the Chinese Communist Party being able to use it because they have so much data on us. Yep, yep. So best case scenario for Thursday's hearing, what do you think it is? Best case scenario is everyday Americans, if they're watching this, they emerge with a sense of urgency when it comes to TikTok. Um, At the Heritage Foundation, uh, we're going to drop a a backgrounder uh, that calls for a wholesale ban on TikTok's operations in the United States. So not just government devices, but personal devices as well. So if Americans in watching this can emerge with the, the knowledge that this platform is essentially under the auspices of the Chinese Communist Party via ByteDance, I think that's a win. If they can communicate to their children that, hey, this is not uh, this is not harmless. Uh, this is not just something that you do for fun. This is uh, an adversary, a competitor, a not sorry, not just a competitor, but an actual enemy uh, trying to get your information and prevent you from doing what you want to do as a child in the future anyway, because um, of the blackmail potential, the espionage potential, then that's a win. If the everyday American can see um, how perfidious uh, this company has been, then we'll have done a tiny bit of our job. And so whether it's three days after the hearing or three months after the hearing, give us a sense of of how we want to tap into that momentum that comes from the hearing and, and hopefully expand the ranks of people who want to take action against it. Yeah, I think definitely we, we carry on with our, our moms against TikTok concept um, because this is not something that I think can be confined to those hard security concerns. Um, I think there's a social element to it. I think it is, you know, rending the, the social fabric of our nation uh, and China is is smiling uh, the entire way. Um, and, and I think that the more, you know, I'll make it personal. I'm a new mom. Uh, I have a daughter now. And to see the effects that these social media platforms are, are having on young girls in particular, um, it, it is a five alarm fire. And we are going to lose the next generation of citizens if they are captured by these platforms, which they seem to be. And TikTok is foremost among them as 
was the worst offender. So um, to capture the momentum, I think you have to talk about the hard security concerns and and make sure we get that wholesale ban um, through. But I also think we need to contend with the next TikTok as well and let parents know that this is a big job and we all need to join forces for the effort. Kara Frederick, thanks so much. Thanks so much for making time for this. Of course. Thanks for joining this episode of the Kevin Roberts Show. Hope you've enjoyed that conversation. You know, there are parts of it that are a little concerning, maybe even a lot concerning, but have faith. We're confident that this hearing and the steps that follow will lead to great policy change and, to Kara's point, real change at home. That's something that you and I and our friends and family need to be doing. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kevin Roberts Show is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. The executive producer is Crystal Kate Bonham. The producer is Philip Reynolds. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and Tim Kennedy. For more information and to subscribe, please visit heritage.org.